Welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And it's a podcast again. We're Yay. back. And we're on, like, we're, we're on time this time. We did I it. know. We did it. Crazy, right? We did it, guys. <laughs> it's great. We're back, and I am older than I was the previous time. Congratulate! I don't know if that's like a congratulatory thing, but congratulations! <laughs> I guess you did. Well I mean, you didn't. Theoretically, die. we're all we're all older older than last time. But I have had a birthday between now and then. Yeah, you are like significant, not significantly, but you are noted. Yeah, my my publicly age, older. My age stat has increased by one. Good. Does that get you more HP? Actually, I guess uh, that gets you less. Kind I was of. gonna say in uh, in past a certain point, and I'm actually not sure. I'm I think I'm still considered adult in terms of the D and D age categories. Past a certain point in D and D, your um your physical stats go down, but your mental stats go up based on your age increment. Oh, that's true. So like first, I think first it's like plus one wisdom, int, and charisma, and minus one um, uh, con strength and dex. And then it's plus one int wisdom charisma minus two con <laughs> strength and dex. Hmm. So eventually your other stats go down faster than your your other your uh, mental stats go up. I mean, I guess that's like realistically, at some point, also your mental stats would start going down. Just everything would be taking a nosedive. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, aging is technically bringing you closer to death. Yep. Let's all remember, let's all take a moment on this my birthday to remember the fact that getting older means we're closer to dying. <laughs> Welcome yep. to the Mortality <laughs> Podcast. Uh, it's yep. my kind of podcast. <laughs> technically, technically, last weekend was my birthday, but yesterday, my friend Jackie made me the coolest cake. It was three different layers of chocolate mousse, and it had little meringue mushrooms on it. It was it great. Was, it's a cute cake. I saw the pictures. Yeah, I, post, I posted a pic on Twitter for people to check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's good that you had, like, fun birthday times, because uh, last weekend I just got incredibly sick for no reason. <laughs> so that was, it was weird. I just, I threw up a bunch of times and felt like garbage, and then I felt better the next day, and then I felt worse for a couple days, and now I'm mostly, like, mostly okay, I think. I think I'm back mm. to normal. It was or like tra- yeah. transient flu or like food poisoning or uh, it, like I'm I'm sure it wasn't food poisoning because nobody else in the house was sick. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was it was right after my um, my oldest stepbrother moved here to Colorado from London um, a couple weeks ago, and then and you're allergic to him? No, it's not that I'm <laughs> allergic to him. Um, uh, so he's actually that was like. about a month ago actually um but his wife and their two kids moved moved here um like a few days before i got sick so i don't know small children as disease vectors is kind of my working theory right now um but they they weren't sick either it was just me so i think i'm allergic to small children is uh is the thing well that's a reasonable explanation (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think everyone is. <laughs> but you know what? It's 
So one of their children is like an infant, and the other one is like three years old, and the three year old has uh, has a British accent. <laughs> it's oh! So cute. <laughs> Which baby British accent? That is adorable. It's always weird to hear little tiny children speaking a language that you don't speak. If yeah. you've ever had that experience, like it's because it's like I don't know this language. Like I would have a hard super hard time learning this language but you're like a tiny baby and you speak it just fine what gifts you know and and like you know my my stepbrother obviously doesn't have an english accent because he's from iowa and his wife is from uh well they met in california i don't know i think she's from like arizona or something maybe but um so like neither of them have english accents but yet their tiny child like calls the trash can the bin and refers to garbage as rubbish and cookies as biscuits. <laughs> Where did this tiny child pick up this accent? London. Were they living abroad? Yeah, they were living in London. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for um Sorry, I missed that part. Oh I guess. yeah, 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 yeah. Um for god, they've been there for a while actually. They were there long enough that they have dual citizenship. Now, oh, cool. so they actually got their their dual citizenship right before they moved back here. I think they wanted to, like, get all that paperwork squared away so that they could go back easily, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. I mean, if, if if you qualify for it, you might as well, so. Did, did like, did they have family in London or a job or, like, what, what was the reason for living in London? Um, so, I believe the reason was for, um, for Matthew's wife's, uh, grad school, and then they just uh... stayed, so. But, that makes sense. But now he's got a job out here, and they just moved back to the states. For I wonder for if reasons. I wonder how long that that accent will stay before it sort of wears away. I, Forever, it's stuck now. Well, three is young enough that you could still lose it. I feel like yeah. I, I was if, asking... you, if, if the kid was maybe like six or seven, I would say like that could be like a permanent thing. But at three, you might still lose it. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I was asking her. I was like, "How long do you think he's going to keep his accent?" And she said, "Not long enough." Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, cute kids, but I'm pretty damn sure that they tracked diseases. But disease-ridden. <laughs> yep. Cute disease-ridden children. I mean, that's... well, everything changes when they started when they start school, anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and my my sister and her entire family were sick like a few a few weeks ago because of their older daughter got something from uh, daycare. <laughs> so, <sighs> I'm told by the uh, the the many teachers that I meet through my job that. Pretty much, if you want a great immune system, like, teaching is the best thing you can do. They're like, the first year, you will be sick basically constantly. And then after that, you will never get sick again, ever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I believe it. So, yeah. Anyway, speaking of getting sick... Should we talk about the game? Yeah. <laughs> or, or Carl, do you, have, do you have anything you want to mention that's happened in the past couple? I did absolutely nothing. But that segue, though. <laughs> well, I mean it in multiple senses, in part because I did have to drink uh, my ginger ale for this one because I got a little nauseous oh, playing no. it. Yeah, I guess it is, it is like a first-person walking around game. It's yeah, so and, hard and to know. A- 
a game where, like, periodically they just decide to throw in Dutch angles for no fucking reason. Why would you do that to me? That is that is true, yeah. <sighs> um, and that the weird, like, those 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 tunnel the, the segments halls. with the yeah, the, that's the, what the, I'm like, thinking the of the twisty halls. Yeah, Ugh. that's true. I, I like I got into the first one of those and I'm like, God damn it! And I went up to got went to the fridge to get a ginger ale. Yeah, at least at least those are not all of the game and they're optional, so that's yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, we we played before. I guess before we get any further, we played uh, the Norwood Suite, which mm-hmm. is a I guess it's an adventure game-ish. Yeah, what is this game? Yeah, so I would like to preface this podcast segment by just saying we're going to spend a lot of time in probably the next, let's say, hour or so um, describing things that are in this game. and But that's not going to give you a good sense of what this game is like. There's not pretty all. much no way for you to get a good sense of what this game is like unless you play it. So if you're a fan of surrealism, <laughs> maybe... I mean, like, you can listen to the podcast anyway. Spoilers are probably not going to make a difference one way or the other. Yeah, no, it, it's it really It's just kind of a matter. thing you have to experience. Yeah, like, it's it's a it's a linear game. It's It's basically a narrative game, kind of, but it doesn't matter. It's it, a it's a it game where a series of a sequence of things happen and there's almost like some of them are fairly logical things some of them are not as logical things um and then it's over and then um, it's over yeah and but it's so much more about the tone of the game and just the weird surrealism of it I don't know it's yeah, yeah. It's, we'll do our best though. We're gonna do our best, but it's not gonna be adequate. It's it's a Kelso game. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> I so you guys, you probably pro- got, probably saw in Skype yes. like like less than ten seconds in. I was on the opening menu screen, like not even the menus, the logo screens, and the cursor becomes like this disgruntled face, <laughs> and I'm like, clearly this is a Kelso game. Yeah, I um, yeah, I I actually I found out about this game because uh, I saw uh someone that I watch on Twitch streaming it, and I I saw, like, the first, I don't know, ten minutes and said, I'm going to stop watching this. I'm going to immediately go and buy this game. I'm going to play it, and I'm glad I did. Um, so so had you played it before we played it for this? Yes. Were you replaying it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I mean, this game only came out at the beginning of October, so it was, it was around that time that I saw it being streamed. Um, so I, I bought it and played it and then played it again for this because I yeah. missed one of the hallways anyway. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty short game. Like I I played it in one afternoon in like two sittings. So, yeah. yeah. Um. So I, I don't know. I, I would call it roughly an adventure game mm-hmm. slash walking simulator, just because because a lot of it is like pick up an item, give item to person. Mm-hmm. Collect collect costumes. So okay. So let me. I'll just back up. The premise of the game is you get dropped off uh, at the Hotel Norwood, which is the famous uh, former mansion estate place of a famous musician uh, named Peter Norwood who disappeared in the eighties 
and now it's just a weird hotel that people go to and there's a DJ named DJ Bogart who has a show there every weekend and it's like his 300th consecutive weekend show that that weekend that you're there the night that you're there uh, yeah and the um it so like ever since that the pianist the famous pianist lived there um it it's been like a mecca for musicians like people like i guess when he was there as well it's like people who are into music like come there and treasure this place because it's got such a like important musical history or whatever yeah and that's uh so the the guy who made this game Cosmo D also made a game called Off Peak which is free and even shorter than this one and it takes place in the same universe and uh they're not necessarily related but there's a really interesting thread in Off Peak where music is almost sort of like a currency like they it takes place in a big train station and there's a a vendor in the train station who sells sheet music and just the way that they talk about it it's like there's this huge importance placed on buying sheet music learning it memorizing it playing it and like there's a huge resale market for some reason it's never explained so that kind of feeds into the weird gravity that music has in mm-hmm. in this um so so you make your way up to the hotel and the the person who dropped you off makes some kind of cryptic comment about payment about how like you need to do some kind of job mm-hmm. and you'll be paid the next day if you do it or something like that yeah um and then you get up to your hotel and after some hoop jumping through some minor puzzle solving you get into your room and you find out that your task is to deliver a mixtape to <laughs> DJ Bogart mm-hmm. so the whole rest of the game is trying to get into the party to deliver this mixtape to DJ Bogart and to get into the party you have to assemble a costume and the costume that you assemble happens to be a complete likeness of the late missing missing Peter Norwood yeah so so that's kind of the whole premise I don't really know where to go from like where do where do I start it's so it's in terms of atmosphere it's like pure surrealism there's like like giant like there's a there's a giant basset hound in one of the rooms there's like the scale of certain people is kind of weird um there are like things in the hotel that don't make any sense to have in a hotel. There's like weird twisty corridors that don't quite meet match gravity. There's like a, one room that just has giant bowling pins in it for no reason. Like you keep opening drawers and finding like donuts and eggs in all the drawers. Did you did you find the special drawer? Which one? There's a drawer that you pull out and it's like as long as the room is like it's an impossibly yeah. long drawer i missed that one <laughs> it's, Did you it's, miss that it's one? pretty cute i mean yeah. it's it's for most for the most part you don't really gain anything by pulling out drawers so i i can understand well, there's at least missed. one puzzle there's at least one puzzle solution yeah. that is you need to pull out a drawer for um but there's also like there's some trunks that you can pop open in the parking lot in the beginning and they kind of made me laugh 
because the stuff in them is so much like the sort of stuff that you would p- be picking up in a normal adventure game because it's like a rope and a fish hook and some spray paint and yeah like I think, I think my favorite food. one yeah my favorite one was uh I think it was like a case of sausages and the brand of sausages was uh eternal grandma sausages <laughs> yeah so and and of course you can't actually pick any of it up. So it's not like a thing that you will use in a later puzzle, but it's it it feels so much like the sort of stuff you would have in an inventory. Um but yeah, so the the space is just super weird and it's very stylized. This this feels very much like like a low polish Unity prototype. Like it looks like it was built in Unity in a way, like, way more so than most games that are built in Unity. Yeah. Um, and it's... Uh, it actually reminds me a lot of my, my friend, um, one, of my, one of my colleagues from my year at school, Erin. Uh, Erin Reynolds. Um, she did a project called Nevermind. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, which is a, like, biofeedback horror game. Um, and before it got polished up and she like actually hired like a lighting person who knew what they were doing her prototype looked a lot like this yeah i i yeah i've seen i've seen some of nevermind i don't know if i've seen like the the most finished version of it but i definitely yeah that's a good that's a good comparison yeah so the oh it's yes. that game <laughs> yeah oh, sorry sorry did you just google it yeah it's a cool yeah, it's it's a cool project and it's sort of a, an interesting concept, um, but that's neither here nor there. We can get into that on a separate nope. uh, podcast if you guys want. Um, but I could maybe, if we wanted to try that, I could see if uh, she'd be willing to come talk to us on the podcast and, and talk about that game. Yeah, that could um, be cool. But anyway, so um, it's, yeah, it's very, very surreal in, um, like, this sort of visual aesthetic there's like giant like as you're walking up the the road to the hotel in the first place there's like these giant stone heads whose sunglasses turn on and are lights that like light up your path yeah and make and they make noise yeah the, yeah the next set like their mouths open and they like make tones oh, yeah, yeah. um and you that that like it like actually guides you through a fairly competent tutorial in terms of, like, there's a series of things you have to do to prove that, like, I understand how to operate a button, and I understand how to pull a lever, and... And and understanding how to pick up an item and then give it to a person yeah, from your Yeah, that's, like, the main mechanic of the game. Yeah. Um, there's also, in that part... Uh, shoot, what was I going to say? Oh, you sort of... So, like, the first thing I noticed when I started playing it was the, like, the weirdness with the way dialogue works in the game. Because, like, A, instead of being, like, voice acted or just text, when people speak, there's, like, a series of random notes that play. Like, slightly randomized tones. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is that the, the text appears in physical space around the characters. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to like move in space in order to be able to read all of it. Yeah. And sometimes like if if you're being spoken to directly, you can control the speed at which the dialogue goes, like you read it, you click, you get another line. Uh but sometimes that doesn't happen. Sometimes people are just talking amongst themselves 
and mm-hmm. that you don't get to control. You nope. just have if you, to yeah, it. if you stay if you stay far enough away from them, they'll just have a conversation, and then you can just like watch what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, and I bet you could spend a lot of time if you were if you wanted to go through every single conversation. I I started to do that at first. And then after a while, I was like, uh, I'll see, like, the first iteration of each conversation, and then I'm just going to go. Yeah, I, 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 actually, I actually did listen to, to every bit of dialogue I think I could find the first time I played it, and it, it is a lot. There is a lot of writing in this game. Um, oh. And most of it doesn't really matter. Like, most of it's just kind of, it's just, fla- like, just flavor conversations to sort of give some depth to the people in the hotel. And some of it's interesting, like, uh, besides your mission to get this mixtape to DJ Bogart, the the general conflict in the hotel that you're not even a part of is that the hotel is... Uh, there basically is a big company that is in negotiations to acquire the hotel, and they want to turn it into a server farm. So there's a whole bunch of uh, representatives of this company, the 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 Modulo company, or Modulo, yeah, Modulo, um, because they Modulo because they have percent signs on them, oh, and yeah, yeah, percent yeah. is the modulus op- operator. That so that see, you're smarter than I am. <laughs> well, I I'm a I'm a computer programmer, so like it's a programming joke. I was but, uh, I was thinking of Modelo, like the the or a math joke. brand. Yeah, or a math joke. I guess it is also a math thing. Yeah, I was thinking about beer. So, <laughs> yeah. there, there you go. And a modulus, and there's a there's a company there's so there's there's modulo there, uh, and their plot to uh, to to buy the hotel. There's also Blue Moose there, which is Red Bull. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they they uh, they're the sponsors, I think, for for DJ Bogart. Yeah. So there's a Blue Moose distributor, um, and then you you go into the bar, and there's a guy named Alan Miranda who is sort of the the uh, the lawyer, I suppose, for the hotel to work on the negotiations in order mm-hmm. to keep the hotel. I I don't. The, yeah. the whole thing was a little poorly He's, conveyed, but yeah, he he whatever like his whoever he happens to be working for, he seems to be opposing in one way or another the purchase of the hotel by this company. Yeah, which which uh, you know if if the owner of the hotel wants to sell it, then I don't know why you need someone to oppose, like, maybe because it's a historical space, but, mm-hmm. but it, it's kind of difficult to guess the, um, the manager's motives, because she's kind yeah. of, she's, Nadia, yeah, she's sort of portrayed as a very, very shrewd and, uh, ruthless, ruthless? businesswoman, yeah. yeah, for sure. So yeah, she, you see her at least a large part of the game in the context of her like screaming at a pizza person about how much pizza there has to be for the meeting tomorrow. We need fifty pizzas, not forty pizzas, fifty pizzas. <laughs> yeah, and there's later talk about how she how she's got all of her employees in just horrible contracts. Like yeah. I can I could dock your pay for random acts of sass. <laughs> Um, contract you can't get. <laughs> God, I well, would I would not make any money. I would get yeah. paid zero dollars if if my pay was determined on not being sassy. <laughs> yeah, sass is very important to some people's religions. Um, 
the yeah, so the 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 hotshot like opposition lawyer guy, his whole thing is that like he, he he's often like succeeds against big corporations by making like by pulling out weird arguments at the end um that like out of nowhere that just sway the jury or whatever it's supposed to be yeah sways somebody and uh and like keeps you know keeps the corporations from buying up wherever basically yeah hmm. they they talk one group talks to one one pair of people talk about like how he like kept an old like fish restaurant from being sold by making an impassioned speech about fried clams yeah even though the restaurant was like smelly and terrible Yep. That's like the the Guy Fieri argument. The diners, drive-ins, and dives argument. Mm-hmm. I guess. Although he usually goes places that serve good food from... It's my understanding. But I don't really watch that show much. Yeah. All I, all I know is that uh, there's there's a place that my, my boyfriend grew up near that Guy Fieri apparently went on an episode and he's like that the food there was terrible (laughs) it was like some some fish place on a dock I don't know I don't mm. oh that place yeah yeah, that place I don't know maybe it's more like the the Gordon Ramsay argument where half the restaurants he goes to closes anyway yep even though he tries to help them yeah so those are all things that, like, stories that are going on around you in the in the hotel while you're doing this stuff. But you're not really, like, a participant in the stories. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's just kind of going on. Yeah, there, there are so many things happening around you that you just kind of witness. Like, and, and, there's, and that's not even most of it. Like, there's, uh, there's a band that's just staying at the hotel, and one of them has like an addiction to learning new music, uh, and and his bandmates are warning him against it because he'll wreck up his hands like he well, did the last time. Well, also because the the apparently the piano music that like Norwood wrote was so extreme that it like destroys the hands of anyone who tries to play it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and and eventually you find it and steal it and give it to him. <laughs> which you know um what else there's there's the the chef is like involved in um like a game of zoe which is like a made-up board game that they have mm-hmm. that he's like trying to play against one of the other hotel staff and just constantly losing yep uh there's a woman teaching a class in, in oh, the yeah. room in and, music theory, yeah, yeah. In music theory class, or maybe like music history. I'm not really sure. Um, and she's been waiting for the hotel staff to bring her a new needle for their record player so that she could play them a, a Norwood record. Yeah, the the conceit for the game is that you look like a member, like you would be a member of the hotel staff. So people are like expect you to just like do what they want and bring them stuff, and everybody wants something. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess that's a decent enough lampshade for, to sort of address the fact that everyone's just demanding stuff of you. Like, that's one of the first things you hear uh, before you even get into the hotel, is you look like, you have that look about you, so if people ask you to do stuff, I don't know, maybe just help them out. Why not? 
Yeah. <laughs> like, we I, could we could use the help at this hotel. Yeah, like and you know, that's a really flimsy justification, but it's enough of a justification for me, I guess, considering and everything it, it else that's going le- on. I was gonna say it makes at least as much sense as anything else in this game. Yeah, so Yeah, exactly. So so that's fine. I mean, it's sort of it doesn't have to make sense. Nothing else makes sense. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. Yep. And 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 some people, some people just I don't know. Some people ask you for favors just because I don't know. They seem like they're confused, but other people are like, "Chop, chop! Give me the thing, employee!" Like I'm not <laughs> gonna tip you. We worked out a contract that we don't have to tip the staff over the over the weekend. <laughs> it's I don't know. It's I like it. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, there's some, uh, I don't know, there's some really weird stuff that the game just kind of takes for granted as, like, this is fine, this is not confusing, what are you talking about? Of course this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's worth not- noting that, um, and I, I was looking for it and I can't remember off the top of my head, like, what school this is associated with, but I, I believe this is associated well, it's like, with uh, It's someplace in New York, yeah. right? It's I like so. New York. New York's Academy, like, game, uh, uh, it's like the game, game incubator. incubator. Yeah, the game incubator. Yeah. So, so this is like that, I, that alone gives it justification to be as weird and artsy as it is, I yeah. guess, in my mind. The NYU Game Center Incubator. <laughs> That's what it is. That's okay. Um, which I assume is basically an equivalent to the USC Game Lab, probably. Yeah. Um, Although incubation can be a couple different things, because uh, incubation is also what they called um, what that game company did for Sony. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that game company was um, brought on to Sony, as in Sony like gave them their office space and like some computers and like equipment and stuff in exchange for that game company like produces three games for them to publish. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like an... Incu- they called that an incubation deal. Like, they were incubating the company. That sounds more like slavery. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, they, they they weren't... Like, they were still... They were also being paid. Like, they were getting money to do this as well. But it's, you know, That's it's a cheaper way... for so many. Except that they were allowed their own autonomy, right? Like, they were... Um, they were allowed to create the games they wanted to have full creative freedom over it. They just had like someone kind of coming in as sort of a mentor to like help them out when they needed stuff. <clears throat> so the idea was it's, you know, it's a way for basically Sony to to pay to um, have someone make an indie game with their label on it. Uh, which is, to be fair for them, like much cheaper than the sorts of games they usually make, yeah. is my understanding. So... I think it's kind of a win-win because they get to do something that where that doesn't cost them a huge amount of money to be a little experimental and you know the end result and you know that game company gets to make the game that they want to make which would normally be too expensive for them to make because of all the overhead costs. I mean and, it's you sort know, of like the incubator we have here. Yeah. Where like you get office space and you get sent on different like expos and get to present your game. Yeah, cool. 
Um, yeah, so it's you know that is a thing, and I don't know I don't know what NYU incubator is like if it's you know if it's purely associated with the school or if it's also got some corporate interests involved in it or not. Yeah, I'm looking uh, on Steam, and this game, I mean, it does have like a publisher, so I don't know if I don't know I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but yeah. Anyway, somebody somebody got some money to make this thing somehow. Not somehow. Someone, someone paid Cosmo D. Yes, somebody paid Cosmo D. Hopefully. To make hopefully this. get money. I mean, I uh, I paid for it, so there's money. I guess. I mean, me too. But yeah. Yep. It's uh yeah, so what were we talking about before this? Uh, that's <laughs> we were a, on to some kind of track. That's a good question. Um, um. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to really like. Normally, we have sort of like a checklist of categories that we go over for games like this, but it's really hard to do with a game like this because you can't really explain the puzzles. They're not. I mean, you can, but it would just be take X to Y yeah. person. Um, 14 times or yeah, whatever. It, it's basically like I don't, you made this person a sandwich and they gave you a key to their their spa locker and in the spa locker was a fake beard and the fake beard is part of the costume you need. Good job. You progressed. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there's eight costume pieces you have to do and as part of that you have to get into the Norwood suite which is the room that um, that Peter Norwood you know stayed in back when he was around and then you, I guess, like the the big major thing to talk about in terms of the narrative is probably the ending, mm-hmm. um, because what the actual fuck? Yeah, that's um, a good question. Does anyone want to venture any like guesses so, as to, or theories? Because I got nothing on that. It almost made sense to me somehow, <laughs> okay. uh, because like the old guy, the creepy guy, stares at you and doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. I thought the whole game that he wrote all the music for Peter Norwood and he just took credit for it. Oh, that could be. Because that, I could see that. I never saw Peter Norwood with an instrument in any of the, like, oh, the tableaus. tunnels. Mm-hmm. Everyone had an instrument but him. And frequently, um, so the, the, the tableaus are in, in some rooms there are, like, hidden passages, and you go through a twisty, like, Legend of Zelda um, Lost Woods tunnel, and there's a scene there of Norwood and some of the musicians that he worked with. Um, And in almost all of them, Norwood is just fucking things up. (laughs) Just for no reason, seemingly. there's at least one where he's playing the piano, possibly. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Maybe it's not him. It's possible, because I I didn't, like, pay attention to them at first. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it yeah, he does largely seem to just be causing trouble and fucking things up for everyone else. Yeah. And it also goes with my other thought about this game, and that is... I, to me, this game was about, like, greed. And, like, everyone wants something, and everyone is prepared to throw other people under the bus to get what they want. Yeah, I hmm. will buy that for sure. Um... Uh, it, Let's see, what was I... Uh, I had a thought and then it disappeared. <laughs> um, but okay, so I think one of the one of the main things is that um, you you go down to DJ Bogart's party and in order to get his attention, you just shut down the party by unplugging all of his amps. 
um, and you present him with the CD, and he said, oh, this is from Muriel. I guess we better listen to it. So you go back up to his his like private suite and you Muriel put the CD Muriel in. was the uh, was the wife of one of Norwood's students, from what I remember, right? Uh, I think so. It, it was something like that, and I can't remember fully because Muriel also is an off peak. Um, mm. So the the thing about Muriel and off peak is, uh, I guess okay. The whole thing about off peak is that you're sort of implied to be a musician. And you are in this big train station, and you're trying to get to another town from this big nameless city. But you can't afford a train ticket because for some reason the the tickets are exorbitantly expensive. So you meet a man named Luke with three U's. Um, (laughs) Luke. (laughs) uh, And Luke actually is the character who is... Uh, when you make it into the Norwood suite, yeah, that's what I thought. That's Luke. Yeah, um, he's just hanging out there, and he like t- like reminds you about what pieces of the costume you need in order to finish it. Yeah. So Luke is also an off peak, and he has a sort of arrangement with the guy who runs the train station, who's this sort of ruthless business mogul named Marcus. Um, and Marcus just gives Luke free train tickets, and Luke's like, I just can't leave myself, I can't bring myself to leave the train station, or I can't bring myself to leave the city, so you could have my ticket, but oops, the ticket is torn up, and you gotta go all around the train station and pick up the pieces. So eventually you do that, and you try to board the train, and Marcus comes up and says, look, I know I have an arrangement with Luke, but I... I'm done letting you freeload off my tickets. Like, that's Luke's ticket, not yours. And then Muriel just shows up and is like, nope, fuck you, Marcus. And she takes you away from Marcus and puts you on a rowboat and says, you work for me now. <laughs> and she's and she's part of an organization called The Circus that isn't really very fully explained. And I don't think they necessarily even mention it in, um, in the Norwood suite. So... It's not necessarily implied, but I think it's sort of easy to infer that possibly you're the same character in the Norwood suite as you are in Off Peak because you're oh, working for Muriel, but... And she's banned from the hotel, so she is presumably the person who dropped you off. Uh, she's not, actually, because you do see not? Muriel. Um, unless, unless Muriel's wearing a wig in the Norwood suite. <laughs> um, she's which, possible. Maybe, maybe. Um... But we I, see someone. We see some loose wigs somewhere. I forget where, but that's true. But either either way, um, even if even if that wasn't Muriel who dropped you off, like you're still working for Muriel, so maybe you're the same person. Anyway, it's never really explained like who Muriel is or what the extent of her influence is. It's just that she is important and she sort of runs maybe the circus and we don't really know what the circus is but apparently it's a big deal. But at any rate when the DJ finds out who the tape is from he's like alright well I guess we have to play this because it's from Muriel. Yeah so she is ostensibly a big deal. Um, So then you go up and listen to it and it turns out that Marcus is a robot and his head explodes. Not Marcus uh, Marcus, DJ Bogart. Uh, DJ Bogart yeah. Um, Maybe Marcus is a robot who knows. Um, uh, and then the door busts open and this this ill old man sort of starts to shamble slowly towards you and then the game just ends 
And he's, yeah, and he's, like, smiling really creepily, and, like, his arms are open like he wants to hug you. Or As he comes you. towards you. Or possibly kill you. It's unclear. Yeah. And he gets really close to you, and then the game ends. And it's such a weird ending, and it's creepy, and yeah. I don't even know, like, what, really what the, he was going for there. Um... I love it. Yeah, and, and the old <laughs> man, like, you you meet, um, he's there that weekend with his daughter, and his daughter says, you know, oh, well, my father was one of the musicians who worked with Norwood, and we come out here, you know, every few years or so, um, and he's sick, but he still wanted to do this, blah, blah, blah. So, so yeah, there's there's the implication of some history there. So we think maybe the guy at the end is this guy, and maybe this guy is the one who secretly wrote all of Norwood's music. Because we did, we did learn, like, there was at least one violinist that, like, Norwood pressured into letting, the, letting him use the violinist's, like, melody in one of his compositions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, getting all the credit for it. So we know that Norwood's done that at least once. It's yeah. conceivable he could do it, like, he could be have been doing it to other people. Yeah, and, and just through all of the, the tableaus that we see, it, it a, a favorable picture of Norwood is not painted. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. But, like, was that, was he just some random dude who worked with... With Norwood, or was he the was he the the apprentice from the letters in the Norwood suite? That I'm not sure uh, of. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was intended to be that guy. Whatever that guy's name was. Maybe it was. I don't. Know. I, and I didn't read the letters really the second time through, so I don't. I don't fully remember like the the contents of them, but it was a lot of like. Oh, I I I'm so glad to have met you. And then they sort of move into like a collaborative role and then they just stop talking or Norwood stops responding to his letters. Yeah, there's something like um like hey, you know, it's like so glad to have been invited to audition for you and then it's like so glad to have been able to come to your state and it's like thank you for like recommending me an overseas agent and like I'll be contacting you more about this other thing and like let me know if uh you know you're doing a concert soon so I can come say hi and so like this clearly like a, an apprentice who really like respected and admired him a lot and I think that is Muriel's husband but I could be wrong that could be but yeah I I, I do sort of get the impression that 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 Norwood like sought out these kind of fledgling artists and gain their trust and then ultimately exploited them which is sort of what we get with with dj bogart um getting his shows like his first gigs were at the hotel and then nadia sort of locked him into this contract Mm -hmm. and he wasn't really even aware of it like he he made a point of getting a handshake agreement with nadia and and she said later on like well he doesn't know that i have the rights to all of his merchandising with blue moose like i set the blue moose contract up so mm-hmm. he's actually fucked yeah um and is the 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 cd that they play at the end that makes him explode was that was his explosion because of of the mixtape that that muriel sent that's did a mystery ex- did it cause <laughs> no, yeah. him to explode 
don't because know. Because it, it plays it plays some random numbers. Like, like you can hear if you listen to it, there's like some spoken word numbers under mm-hmm. their like really jarring sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought like, oh, I'll have to remember these numbers because this is going to be a code later on. But then he just exploded. So and, and like, was that ended. a detonation sequence? I mean, it's the same music as the one you play in the music room also. The, right? Yeah, on the record, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, like, red red ribbon recording or whatever they yeah. the, they mention. Red something. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't understand that ending at all. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like I should go look up some people's, like, writing or analysis of this game or something to see if anybody else could come up with, like, a better through line than I had. That's actually the biggest question I have is why is he a robot? Yeah, that's yeah, that's the big question and, that I have as well. And when you come up to the room, like to the DJ's room, there's a bunch of like bodies and costumes and like masks and stuff that implies that that like are all that all look like Norwood. Mm-hmm. That implies that maybe someone was building Norwood robots or uh, there's like some kind of animatronic version of Norwood or something. Or maybe Norwood was a robot the entire time, and he didn't disappear. He just got deactivated? Or they just started making him look like this DJ instead? Like, they updated him? Are they, like, different? Was the DJ also supposed to be Norwood? I mean, to be fair, neither of it, or, like, anything of this, it doesn't have to make sense at all. Yeah. (laughs) I think I think that's like the game has no responsibilities in that part. Yeah, I I, I, I feel like so. that's 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 sort of my take on it is man, how do you want to interpret it? Cool. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's it's sort of very postmodern in that way where like it feels like it should have a deeper meaning or interpretation, but it's possibly all just like um Ah, like inconsistent noise um inconsistent's not the word i'm looking for um where two things like move towards each other and 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 clash and they are uh, like opposites whatever that word is incongruous uh, no i don't know no they're like they're like actively sort of um like clashing with and and cutting each other out and like sort of a, i guess a disharmony uh in some way discordance like, is that the discord- word Maybe. I don't know. So, yeah. So, there's... Yeah, let's go with Discordant, okay. because it's musically themed. Um, so, this it's all these sort of discordant ideas in terms of, like, tone or interpretation that sort of actively undermine one another. Yeah. Uh, and it, it... So, the the feeling like it should add up to something is maybe all just you know, an illusion created because we would really like for our narratives to add up to something, which is basically postmodernism in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's postmodernism surrealism. Maybe that's just it. Maybe that's all there is to say. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's one of those things It's like, I don't... I don't find myself particularly bothered by or necessarily searching for a meeting in it because I I had a blast with the ride mm-hmm. and that's that's sort of I guess how I how I take 
how I take my media is I, I is the ride worth it? Cool. Um, except for I, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say I, except for the Pink Panther, um, which I recently watched for the first time, and that's a great movie <laughs> with just the most garbage, awful ending I've ever seen. <laughs> but <laughs> that sounds like hate. But so I mean, like I guess the the thing is, like I if it, if it's not supposed to mean anything, if it's just supposed to be a collection of surrealist things that you know, that are all sound and fury signifying nothing, etc. Um, I'm fine with that. I'm like, I'm okay that that's a thing. But I have this, like, niggling worry that there is some, like, deeper theme or connective tissue that I'm just missing. That it's, you know, I just don't get it. I'm, like, not deep enough for this or whatever. Yeah, and and I think, I think the biggest thing I felt coming out of this game and also, uh, also with the experience of Off-Peak is that I, the world seems real like the rules of the world seem really compelling to me and they they have given me just enough that I want that I just I want more games in this world and they don't necessarily have to contribute to a larger narrative as much as I would like to have more world building just based on like like what I said before about like the importance of sheet music and how that's become just a huge commodity and like what is the circus and what is Muriel's role in the world and and just all of these like tiny little mysteries that that we've seen glimmers of that are really that intriguing probably to me. that probably would not get further explained in other games no probably not but it's you know it's it's like Twin Peaks um, at the end of the new season of Twin Peaks we were left with far more questions than than the questions that we had answered um, and man <laughs> I well, I still loved it. I loved every yeah, second how, of that's it. That's how twin. That's how the Twin Peaks do. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. No. I shoot. What was I gonna say? Um, no. It's funny you should bring up Twin Peaks because I was just thinking like there is something very Lynchian mm-hmm. about this, right? Like it has a very clear like authorship and intent to it. Like someone was definitely trying to make some kind of statement. And whether that statement was all noise or whether it's just the sort of statement that only makes sense in the mind of the author, like, I have the same trouble with that duality with David Lynch, right? Like, does David... It it seems like David Lynch really is trying to say something really hard, and it's just not coming across. Um, And maybe it is for some people. Maybe it's just not for me. I think, um, I, I, and I've seen some like interviews with him, and I think the biggest thing with Lynch is is less about narrative and more about uh, about tone than anything. Mm-hmm. Like, and and he like he's he's got like quite a bit of contempt from what I've seen for people who are sort of constantly challenging him to answer the questions and to make sense more so, mm-hmm. um, and and. Actually, now that now that we're talking about movies, uh, I'm I'm also thinking about um, Alejandro Jodorowsky's *The Holy Mountain*, which it, it just occurred to me reminds me a lot of this in in terms of the sound and fury, where that entire movie is about uh, like these sort of pilgrims undergoing this huge spiritual metaphysical journey uh, to you know get to the top of the holy mountain and to find enlightenment there, and they go to the top of the mountain and. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's just Jodorowsky and and they all sit at a table and he's like surprise you're in a movie bitches and like the camera zooms out and you can see the film crew and that's the end of the movie and I love it <laughs> like this this metaphysical philosophical bullshit was nothing it's a mm-hmm. movie <laughs> so yeah yeah I don't know. All right. Yeah, we're get yeah. So this is I think we've basically like found ourselves in like where where is the intersection of like games with postmodernism is what this comes down to because <laughs> this is all like very postmodernist stuff from at least from my under it's been a while since I studied postmodernism in school so it may yeah. be that my understanding of that is flawed but my understanding of postmodernism is it's essentially about this idea of like what if none of this actually means anything, though? Yeah. I mean, may- maybe. I I feel like even when I did do some study on postmodernism in school, I didn't really, like, I felt like I never fully understood it, so I'm like, that's fine. I'm, like, trying to, trying to understand, like, what, what does Zizek think of anything? And I, the more I read, the less I understood, so I just kind of Let's actually look up what is the textbook de- definition of postmodernism. Maybe I've been using this term wrong the entire time. I bet uh, if you have, you could you could justify it somehow. <laughs> this is not useful at all, Wikipedia. Postmodernism describes a broad movement that developed in the mid to late twentieth century across philosophy, arts, and architecture, and criticism, which marked a departure from modernism. Great. That doesn't help me. That's, I could have figured that out from the name. That's that's why I hate classification. Like they, they do the same thing with music classification. Like like post hardcore, post hardcore okay, means nothing other than it came after the hardcore phase in music, and it has nothing to do with hardcore music. Like it's just anything. So that's why I don't like these kinds of designations. Yeah. Yeah. So here we go. So postmodernism is typically defined by an attitude of skepticism, irony, or rejection toward grand narratives, ideologies, and various tenets of universalism, including objective notions of reason, human nature, social progress, moral universalism, absolute truth, and objective reality. So, yes, I'm going to stick by my claim that this is basically somebody went, what if we could, can we just do a a game that's a postmodernism game? Can we just do a game about postmodernism? And that's this game. Cool. Yep. I'm here for it. I mean, I I like postmodernism. I like that, like, it doesn't have to mean anything. Mm -hmm. I, I have mixed feelings about it. I think it's, like, it's interesting, but I also find it often frustrating. Yeah. That's Because I really like meaning in things. <laughs> and especially, like, grand meaning that for which there are, like, you know, metaphors and symbolism and all kinds of, like, underlying supporting structure. Oh, God, no. Yeah, that's, I mean, that tends to be my thing, narrative-wise, so... Like, postmodernism for me can be a little bit, like, a little eye-twitchy in certain ways. But, like, I, you know, I enjoyed the experience of playing this, although maybe not the ending, because just because the ending freaked me the fuck out a little. <laughs> That's true. So, apart from the ending, because I know last time uh, you were concerned with, with my assertion that this is not a scary game, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I still, despite the ending, and I, obviously I didn't want to, like, say anything about the ending before yeah. you'd played it, but apart from the ending... D- did is you, this did a scary you have game? a spook? Did you have a spookum? 
I had a, I had a few small spooks. Um, it's, I would say the game is disconcerting. That's fair. It's, it's not so much scary as it's just like constantly slightly unnerving. It's there's a lot of a lot of that. I mean, I guess it's I guess it kind of falls into uncanny valley territory, uh, in in an extreme sort of way where everything is almost sort of real, but also very not. Yeah, even the way people, like, move and act is kind of Uncanny Valley. Like, that first guy you talk to in the parking lot who's just, like, maybe he's supposed to be drunk or something, but he's just sort of swaying back and forth in a kind of unhuman way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and, mean... and that that sort of animation, I think, is, is sort of a hallmark of, of Cosmo D work. <laughs> there are a lot of characters in, in this game and in, in Off-Peak as well where like the model will be completely stationary except like their their fingertips will be like drumming on a surface or their foot will be tapping or something but the rest of the model is completely motionless yeah <laughs> yeah yeah or was... or they're they're still and their head just turns to towards you yeah. <laughs> which is pretty creepy so, that was one thing i noticed like from the get go like they're completely still mhm mhm is, also, it should we talk about G-Man? Is that the guy? I, so I was just gonna ask about the guy who's like outside, leaning on the uh, against the wall, who like looks up at you that one time. Is that the guy you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many times he shows up. At least, yeah, there like, is a character. Three? I was gonna, I was gonna ask if you can get out to that area or not. There's a guy who's like towards the outside of the pool area. That you can see from like the, from the view. You have a view from like outside the music room towards the parking lot. If mm-hmm. you look down, you can see him, and he's just looking up at you. Um, and he's really creepy. And it looks like you should be able to go talk to him. But I was unable to find any way to go talk to him. Hmm. I don't. Wait, I don't... is he in the parking lot? Is that the same I... same guy? I don't think I saw Maybe. that one. Maybe not. He's 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 uh, past the sign. There's like two signs that are blocking off an area that where Nadia's is like due to like recent incidents. Like no one's allowed to go in this on this path. <clears throat> and he's like in that area. Oh, I I don't think there's a way to go there. I don't I don't know if I saw that instance of an inaccessible like character model. There's there's another one that I was thinking of where right after you get dropped off at the beginning, there's a big fence. That you can't get to the other side. To, yeah. The other oh, side yeah. Of, and there's a man like just standing out in the middle of these trees. Yeah, like a dark silhouette. Yeah. And I that's think that's right. I forgot about him. He creeped me the fuck out too. <laughs> yeah, that 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 creeped me out a lot. Actually, the first time the first time that I played it, and I was like, "This is creepy." Let's see if I can if I can get over there. And I I I don't think you can. Maybe maybe there's a secret way that I never figured out. Because there's a gate I mean, in the fence that you can't open, unless you can. I don't know. What really creeped me out was the when the green guy or whatever, when I was like on the second floor with all the like rooms, mm-hmm. and I looked down in the library. I was second, second or third. I don't know. Probably third actually, but I was and I saw him playing like so. Or something, mm-hmm. and I went down one level, and then it was gone. Uh, hmm. 
See, I haven't. I haven't. And I was like, I haven't seen these, um, and I'm gonna have to go back and 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 look for those. He's also when you have to when you give the beer to the guy. The oh, no, he, not the beer. The yeah, what's the called? Red Bull. Blue uh, moose. Blue, blue moose. Yeah. Right. He's leaning out of like a window or something. Hmm. Oh, oh, now I gotta go. Now I gotta go play this game again, third time. It's all Norwood. It's all Norwood slash the DJ. It was. It was all copies of him the whole time, like in the last game. He also gives you the credits. Yeah. yeah. Is that the same person who? Um... I thought the credits are given to you by like a small Asian lady. Because I know um, when when you go to check into your room. There's, uh, I think, a woman asleep in a chair outside of your room, and then when you exit the room, she's gone. And I think that's the person who gives you the credits, possibly? Yeah, I think that's the mm-hmm. same person. It's the same person? Okay. Is, is that a lady? Yeah, I think it's a lady. Who knows? I don't, I don't know. know. I thought it looked like a lady, but... I, th- I thought it was as well, but who? yeah, not that it matters that much. A mysterious figure of some kind... Um, yeah, God, there, there's a lot of really things that make you kind of uneasy. It's not so much scary as just really, again, like disconcerting and, and just uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes there's like randomly skulls in the fridge and stuff like that. Cause, just cause. Yeah, that's, that's actually, that's like one more little off-peak connection not necessarily skulls in general but there's sort of a motif of this like glowing i don't know it's like a bull skull with like the horns and stuff and some characters have like are holding on to those and i i think that that symbol might possibly be affiliated or like related to the circus but i'm not sure mm. <clears throat> Doesn't doesn't Norwood's logo have a, like a big bull skull? That's uh, it, I think it's a I think it's a deer, like with animals. Oh, maybe yeah, yeah, maybe that's right. Let me look up the logo. Norwood Sweet images. Um, logo no. Wait, do I have the Steam, do I have the Steam page up? I. No, don't. Uh, yeah, okay, that was yeah, really it's got, a bad search. It's got antlers. I'm on the I'm on the Steam page, looking at it. Okay, it's like two arms holding a skull with antlers, and in the skull's mouth space, there's a key. And the key has piano keys on one end. Yes, that's a cool um, logo. Yeah, it's it weird. Yeah, the logo kind of tells you like a lot about the tone of the game, actually. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> actually, just that, in terms of what to expect. That's one more thing that I just want to say briefly about uh, both this and and Off Peak is that there's just there's so much just art all over the game that doesn't really have any consequence to anything. It's just kind of there, and I I really appreciate that. So yeah, there's some really weird like. Uh, album covers and like books that you can look at and all of which have like really interesting and strange designs and like posters on people's walls and mm, yeah the one I the one I remember the most is the one of two skyscrapers having sex yes <laughs> two that, skyscrapers like, with legs having sex for some reason I really I would love to have a print of that 
and I, I want to know I want to know like if if Cosmo D does all of this art because uh, apparently Cosmo D is in a band I think or is somehow affiliated with a band called Archipelago and they did all the music for Off Peak and I'm assuming he or they did all of the music for this as well um, so I want to know more about that but also I I, I mostly want to know like did he also do all of the weird illustrations in this in this game? There's a lot of weird illustrations in this game. I know, I love it. And I, I want to say probably no, just because of the stylistic variations seem like too much to be done by one person, but uh, who, you, you never know. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> I just... Yeah. yeah. I don't... Like I said in the at the beginning, there's like a lot of things you can say about the things. Like you could just list off all the things, the weird things that are in this game, and it's still not going to give you a good sense of what this game is like. We haven't even talked about the turtles. <laughs> oh god, yeah, the goddamn gonna... turtles. <laughs> yeah. There's there's just there's stuff with the turtles. There's turtles and tanks all over the place. There's one that you can get like sucked up into a vent. And then it if and then it to. pops out at the la- in the ending cutscene. Does it? I think so. Yeah. Did I miss that? It's I. So I actually I did that the first time I played it, and I wanted to see if it changed anything, like if that made a difference. And I don't think it does, except that if you don't do it, it doesn't like pop out of a pipe in the last cutscene. I maybe didn't notice because yeah. I was too I was too that's, frightened by the shambling guy. That's fair. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think that's all it does. Is that it? Just kind of shows up <laughs> in the ending cutscenes, but yeah, there's just like tanks with giant turtles swimming around, and then there's uh, in one of the tableaus, there's like a musician. One of the musicians is just riding on the back of a giant turtle. Yep. Uh, I think they're mostly snapping turtles too. I think so. Like the one, the ones in the tank in the beginning are definitely like large snapping turtles. Yeah. Which are quite dangerous. Yeah. Snapping turtles are scary. Yeah, they can like bite broom handles in half. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to. Don't want to fuck with a snapping turtle for sure. Ugh. But yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I have anything else to say about this. This is this is a really hard one to 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 put a bow on. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I mean my bow is it's it's postmodernism for games. Yeah, that's that's the bow I'm putting on it. My bow is. Play- uh, yeah, my bow is play it. <laughs> if you like weird stuff. Uh, yeah. You have to experience it for yourself. There's just no really describing it properly. Yeah. Play it if you like turtles. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of turtles, yeah. you will like this game, I guess. Yep. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <sighs> that's fine. All right. Yeah. Let, us, let, us, let us wash Moving our hands on. of this game. <laughs> Yeah, moving on. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, Kelso. Like, I'm I'm glad we played this. I'm glad you recommended it. Uh, it was certainly an experience to have. Yep. But uh, but yeah. Now we're gonna next. We're gonna do something a little bit lighter. Uh, so in the next off couple peak. weeks. Yeah. Off off peak. Peak. <laughs> no. Um. Although, if you want to, like, we did sort of offer that as a companion piece to you know, this week's game, so if you have comments you want to leave about that in the forums or whatever, feel free. And often um, takes but... like 15, 20 minutes to play, so... 
Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll go back and play it. Like I said, I earlier uh, when we were talking about this before the recording, uh, I downloaded it and I like opened it so I could walk around the space a little bit and get a sense of it. And it's much more sort of cavernous and open, but with a lot, you know, without a lot of stuff to see or interact with. It feels like a like a less polished version of the Norwood Suite. Yeah. Like it it feels much more like a student prototype than the Norwood Suite does. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway. Yeah, uh, one one more thing I want to say about the game. Yes. Sure. I love the fact that there's inverse mode. Because I was so sure when I started it, it's like, oh god, I'm going to be playing without invert controls. <laughs> and it's an easy thing to, to have happen on a, on a small-scale game, because like you can't necessarily rely on them having done all of that extra work that is required to do things like inverting the mouse. So here's the thing. I hate about games. It's not much work to add. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, it de- it depends on the engine you're using, but yeah, in Unity, I think it's it's not well, it's not very hard. Thank you, Cosmo D, for putting in invert. You're the <laughs> true hero. But yeah, it's still yeah. something that like it's easy for a small game studio to overlook or not think about. Yeah, right. There's because so many just, games that doesn't do that. Yeah, if it's just a few people, it's like not really your primary concern to have like all different control modalities available but yeah it can be a big thing for people who need it it's like an important thing i was really annoyed that there's like a very slight head bob when you walk and i was very annoyed that they i couldn't turn that off because that's one of my big motion sickness triggers yeah that's uh, oh it's maybe worth mentioning that the menu is a face yeah, that, that's true. that also startled the <laughs> fuck out of me the first time I saw it. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> like two of the buttons are like, and not not like a not like a whole person's face, just like disembodied facial features. So like the, the there are two buttons that are the lips, and like one of the sliders for mouse sensitivity is an eye that you can move to the left and right. Yeah. God, this game just just really disconcerting um i keep coming back to that word but i think it's the best word to describe it anyway yeah moving on moving on to some lighter fare uh for our next game uh we are going to be playing uh oxygen not included by clay entertainment uh which is a canadian game company uh so this game is still in beta it's not technically fully released they are constantly like updating it with patches with new content um and just like adding more and more content but the core of the game is there and is pretty fun um i've played a little bit of it so far i got it for my birthday um it is basically it's a simulation game along the lines of you know your your dwarf fortress or uh what's that other one where you have like a little colony on an alien planet that got in trouble for like saying that like Women, all women are bisexual, but like all men are either straight or gay. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I was, I was I gonna say it looks like a more complex version of like something in the vein of like Fallout Shelter. Okay, there's a, there was a game. Um, Tano played it. He was streaming. What was that? Rimworld. Rimworld. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of a, a similar type of thing, where you have a colony of little characters and you're trying to just um, 
you know, make everything work out okay for them and, like, build a way for them to survive, but the characters have their own, like, personalities and quirks and, you know, shit is constantly on the verge of going horribly wrong. Uh, so, I think last time I played, I actually, like, I finally managed to get, like, my power grid all sorted and um, my, like, my... Because, as you might guess from the name... um, uh, gas management is a thing in terms of like making sure they have breathable air. Uh, so like I had you know all my gas management done, all my power management done, and then I looked and everybody was at a hundred percent stress level. I'm like ah shit. And then people were just stress vomiting everywhere, and <laughs> it's it's a fun it's a fun kooky little game. Yes, little lighter game. lighter fare, making sure yeah. your your people don't <laughs> suffocate. Yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. And it's very cartoonish. Your characters are called duplicants. Um, there's the implication that they're just kind of manufactured. Nice. Um, you die. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's try and it's survive as long as you can in a cave before dying. Um, and it's by the same same group who did Don't Starve. So if you're fa- a fan of like the Don't Starve style gameplay, um, then I recommend it. Uh, and yeah, so I'm looking forward to playing more of it. <laughs> nice, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm watching the uh, the screenshots sort of scroll by on my on Steam, and I, I'm looking forward to playing this. This looks cute and stressful. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's cute and stressful. It's stress. It's stressful in the way that um, it's stressful in a in a very like humorous way. Where like if bad things happen to your characters, it's 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 a little tragic, but it's also mostly funny. Yeah, that's that's definitely the impression I get. So, yeah, it's a I think it's a little less dark than Don't Starve because Don't Starve had that sort of like Edward Gorey kind of aesthetic to it. Yeah, uh, and this is a little bit less that. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting it's like I'm a similar getting... sort of, but. Yeah. I'm getting sort of a, uh, I don't, what, God, what is that game called? Um, like, I, it, it sort of reminds me of, like, I don't know, maybe the art style of, like, the Binding of Isaac combined with Adventure Time? <laughs> that's not a bad comparison. So, yeah, that's good. Alright, so, try that out. We got two weeks. Obviously, like even if we even if we were scheduled, if it was on our normal iteration, we probably wouldn't do next week anyway because it's like right around Thanksgiving. Yeah. But. So, but yeah, two two weeks probably, unless I don't know. Unless, unless, Thanksgiving, unless Thanksgiving, yeah, unless Thanksgiving like throws all of us off for a week, <laughs> which is whatever. Who knows? That's a possibility. I mean, I don't think it would throw me off. That's true. <laughs> But that's fine. Yeah, do... You're happy to get thrown off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Like Canada has a has a Thanksgiving equivalent, although I think on a different day. Theirs is in and October. I... Like theirs is like yeah. a month before ours. Do Do you guys have like a an equivalent like big fall harvest festival type celebration? Not really. That's fair. It's a maybe it's a North American thing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> have a summer harvest festival, sort of. Okay, interesting. Well, not really harvest, 
I guess. Uh, solstice, perhaps? Yeah. Equinox or whatever is the one that happens during summer. Which is the one that happens during the summer? Uh, solstice, I... right? Yes. Solstice, yeah. Also yeah. Yeah, so yeah. summer and winter solstice and then spring and fall equinox. equinox. Yeah, that's right. All right. Anyway, yeah. that's not important. What's important is you have a few weeks to play Oxygen Not Included. Yep. Go play it. Go play it. Yeah. We're going to be playing it. You should too. Yep. They just released a new update patch, um, which was automation, which I think is more like buttons and wires and things like that. So, uh, Is this going to be like Minecraft that I'm going to have to figure out like redstone switches, which I never figured I don't know. out in Minecraft? I was, I was doing fine. I was doing fine without automation, although granted I have not like... <laughs> like I said, my guys were at maximum stress, so like, I clearly have not found like a single solution that works. Yeah, like automation could either make it way less complicated or infinitely more complicated. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. I guess we'll find out I, which. I guess we'll find out. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. So plugs. Plugs. Yes. Let's do plugs. Uh, hello. I am Kelso at Kelso Time Bomb on Twitter. Uh, also, you can follow my my art Twitter uh, at ktimebombart. Do some draws sometimes. There you go. That's me. Uh, I am at Kyla underscore go on Twitter. Um, I do a weekly stream on Sunday mornings where I stream old classic games that I missed when they first came out. Uh, right now, we're streaming Super Mario Sunshine which I learned today was the third most popular game for the GameCube. Um, yes. After after Smash Brothers Melee and uh, Mario Kart Double Dash. Huh, I'm sorry. Double Dash came with the console for a lot of <laughs> Oh, yeah, people. that makes sense. I was going to say I'm surprised that Double Dash was more, but yeah, that's that's a, yeah. that's a that's a an important one there for sure. Yeah. Um yeah, so and then four number 4 was Wind Waker, which I've already played. So I am like nailing this like old popular games thing but anyway um yeah follow me on twitter to find out more about my streaming schedule uh, when i am and i'm not doing things yeah yeah you can follow me at at scout three on twitter any any specific requests for things they should tweet at you no you should Don't have tweet at me <laughs> you should have a new request every time we podcast. Like this time, please send me like adorable pictures of baby polar bears or something like that. <laughs> something really specific. You just can't put me on the spot like this. Yeah, well, come up with one for next time then. <laughs> I will come up with one for next time. You've got you've got homework. <laughs> <laughs> yes, assign people homework, Carl. Creepy turtle. Creepy turtles. Ooh, yes, good. In honor of the Norwood suite. Creepy turtles. Everybody tweet creepy turtles at Skug. Cool. Alrighty, sounds good. Um, I think that's it. I think we did. I think we did podcast. So Yay. we'll be back in two, maybe probably weeks, talking about oxygen not included. And we'll see you that that next that then that time next time. Wow, I really butchered that. <laughs> I was going Bye, strong. Everybody. Goodbye. Bye.